You gotta listen to my cast. <laughs> Welcome to No Worries If Not. My name is Aaron Tuning. This is Andrew Stanley. And I guess I'm not gonna listen to your cast. Come on, dude. I'm not gonna tell Anna. I don't wanna be your lover, dude. All right, that's fine. Um, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thanks everybody for joining us here <laughs> with this episode. We have a fun one today. We really do. Uh, this is our own personal most interesting man in the world, I'd say. He's an enigma. He's good at everything. He has so many cool, interesting hobbies. He is Vas Sanchez. He's the man. You'll love him. We're going to talk all about uh, the many things that he does well. But probably the big two we talk about are comedy and then acting. He has been in some fantastic shows, worked with a lot of amazing actors. Um, yes, you may recognize him from shows like Cobra Kai or Better Call Saul. Yep. Um, he's also a fantastic stand-up comedian, a great chef. He's a wine guy. For his full-time job. Yeah. Um, and also, after the podcast, we learned he's officiated a ton of weddings. He just does everything. He's a fascinating guy. He has some really cool stories. Um, you guys will definitely enjoy our conversation. You're going to love him so much. Uh, but one crazy thing about the podcast, mm-hmm. doesn't pay for itself. It sure doesn't. Let me tell you, I have yet to receive a check in the mail for this. <laughs> True. Um, but have you been getting them? No. We're oh, cool. Deep in the hole. I well, can't I pay guess, my mortgage, but glad you guys I can listen. We, no worries if not. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for continuing to listen for free. Here is our advertisement for the day. Do not fast forward. I'm a pedophile. Oh, no. What? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Oh, I am so sweaty. <laughs> This is, oh man. Uh, yeah, so we like to read these is this lines. The, is this the ad? <laughs> if I was. <laughs> what was the first line of that ad? Oh man. All right. Well, if we need to prove that we read these live on air for the first time. Ooh, I'm crying. Start over. I'm a pet, P E T O file. Goodness gracious. <clears throat> okay, I'm good. I'm a pet O file, meaning that I love pets. <laughs> Many people, however, are soulless mutants who have no interest in pursuing a loving relationship with an animal. Is your roommate one of these freaks? Or go- goodness forbid, did you marry one? Are you doomed to have no pets in your home because of the garbage people you've surrounded yourself with? Well, I have a solution for you. Mailbox lizards. Mailbox lizards. <laughs> oh, man. It's a- this is a great sponsor. What is our 19th, 20th episode? This is the first one that's broken me. <coughs> mailbox lizards. Mailbox lizards are exactly what they sound like. A secret pet that lives in your mailbox. Our mailbox lizards are genetically engineered to thrive in a mailbox ecosystem. They eat magazines, don't bite, <laughs> and love extreme temperatures. They're also affectionate. You'll have a great time. <laughs> <You'll> have- <laughs> I'm so proud of myself for finally writing something that's broken you. <laughs> 
Not that I wrote this. Oh man. All right. You'll have a you'll have a great play session with your best friend every time you go to the mail. Wife out of town? Bring your reptilious companion inside for a night of bonding. Just be sure to return him to the mailbox before too long. Our lizards adapt to the size of their environment, and if they stay in the house too long, they can grow to the size of a human or larger, and then we're actually in big trouble. Not a lizard fan? No problem. We've got mailbox hamsters, toads, and even scorpions, if you nasty. (laughs) If you nasty. (laughs) Be sure to put our secret lizard logo sticker on your mailbox so that your postal worker won't get bit, stung, or snipped. Mailbox lizards. For secret pet dash o dash files like you and me wow thank you to mailbox lizard for sponsoring this episode oh man i feel like i ran a 5k that's a yeah you really you really that one really got you i mean i just before i i love that you how you just bounded right into it clearly without reading the first line that's really what happened it's like what did i I processed after i i think i said i'm a pedophile (laughs) oh Oh man! All right, thank you for because um, the word I read the read the word pet, so it didn't look bad. It, it wasn't even, a cuss word, but then I heard it and I was like, "No, I'm not." Not it. That was my exact goal. I want you to say <laughs> you're a pedophile without until you don't even notice until you've already said it. Goodness gracious! All right, All well, right. this is gonna be our last podcast. I'm very episode, proud of myself. I am canceled. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> okay. Um. Well, <laughs> this week you saw the Atlanta Braves mm. for the first time in twenty plus years. Clinch a berth to the World Series. I watched the birthing process. You saw it. Yep. Just how was the birth? You for, for ate those that placenta, know, baby. Game six of the NLCS. Our very own Aaron Tuning was in attendance. I was saw a very emotional game. Um, what would tell us about it, man? It was okay. This is another baseball episode. Okay, everybody relax. I know we did it last time. We've done it a bunch. We're going to talk about our experience. Okay, it's we're not we talking love. about stats. We're not interviewing another pitcher. God forbid. Um, yeah, yeah so sorry was, about that episode last week with Colin. What <laughs> a disaster. What a dumpster of a guy. Uh, yeah, the game was unbelievable. There's the energy there. Everyone, I mean, everybody knew what was at stake there. It's just Braves fans that have been let down for decades now. Mm-hmm. Um, so being there in the building was unreal. I, I was going nuts for a while, and then I took a turn and got emotional. <laughs> I'm not, like, super proud of it, but I did. So the last couple innings, everyone was jumping up and down, clapping, hugging. I had, like, my hands on the back of my neck and was crying. <laughs> I'm sure you were not alone. I, no, I wasn't, yeah. So, like, um, when we won, like, some people high-fived me, and they just, like, slapped my chest because I, I was just focused and then we won, and yeah, I just I just cried, and I was so happy for him. It's uh, it was really amazing. I was driving home from a show. I had like an hour drive home, and I was listening to like the middle innings. And when Rosario hit the go ahead three run homer, yeah, I screamed alone in my car. Yeah, <laughs> it started banging on my center console. Probably broke something. Um, and then I got I went to Anna's, and we watched the rest of the game together. And when the game ended. I looked at her and she was crying. Wow. <laughs> She's been a Braves fan for two years. 
probably yeah. bigger fan than me at this point. Uh, and then I started crying, and I was just like, I've never been emotional about sports be- really I know. before. Ugh. Like, it is such a thing of being a Braves fan our whole lives. Yeah. Never really got to see this. I mean, last time they went, we were both too young to really care that much. Right. In a very special time. How can you not be romantic about baseball? Oh, did you just make that up? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a, good, that's a good line. Brad Pitt and Moneyball. Yeah. That's a good line. Uh, but yeah, that's it's one of the few things I've cared about my whole life, other than my family. Yeah, like, I remember as a pictures of me as a baby going to game. Like I, I've loved it forever. Yep. Um, all the other things I like in my life, people, uh, movies. That was all later on. Like I remember just loving baseball and the Braves. So it was, yeah. it was very, very cool. It was awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and there's a there's another part of this that I'm scared to talk about. But uh, over the past several years, I've come out with a few comedic hip hop videos. Yep. Braves related, yeah, they're all you know trying to be funny and goofy, but just kind of be fun content for Braves fans. I worked with the Braves a few times with them. Um, I wasn't going to do them this year because they're hype videos and they take a while to produce. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't thinking we were going to win the division, or <laughs> also we barely do don't it. Usually get paid for it. Yeah, exactly. So it's I, a passion project. Yeah, so I didn't want to spend you know two weeks making something and then we lose the division and I just wasted time and money and have this hype rap song for no reason. <laughs> I just danced to in my house. Um, it's just like, we're going to beat the Astros or Red Sox, not sure yet. For sure. And I'm, I'm not, I mean, this, I'm a kind of a pessimist being an Atlanta sports fan. It yeah. happens. It, it's bred into us. How could you not be pessimistic about Braves baseball? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's Brad Pitt of despair. Yeah, and we beat. I you know we got Dodgers have just been our daddies for years. Yeah, so I wasn't super. I was like maybe we'll do it. I hope we do it, but I wasn't optimistic enough to make a video. And then Saturday night was so fun. I woke up Sunday morning and I was like, I'm writing a song. I guessed so. I yesterday I wrote an entire rap song. I recorded it tonight, Monday night, and I'm gonna put it out tomorrow. Yeah, you just played it for me. It's insane how fast you wrote that many jokes and rhymes about the Braves. It's like three and a half minutes of just straight jokes and amazing lyrics. Oh, thank you. About the Braves. So y'all check it out. This will be out by the time the podcast gets out. It's going to be on SoundCloud. Yeah, I could be absolutely getting cooked online. I don't know. Because this happened before. I've messed up a few of these, and it seemed too serious. And people were like, this is the cringiest thing I've ever seen. This guy has a very sad life, clearly. Exactly. Yeah, well, you know, they wouldn't be that wrong. <laughs> All right, dude. Um, well, I am a pedophile. But y'all, please... Uh, <laughs> all the accountability partners, please show some love to Aaron's rap yeah, career. Yeah, and if you don't like it, if it's not your thing, fine. Just don't be mean to me online. Yeah, please don't be mean okay. to Aaron online. <laughs> that is from me and also from my mother. Yeah. Go Braves. All right. um, go Braves. Sorry, we'll stop talking about that. Yeah, how was... Uh, you didn't go to the game. Sucks I to didn't suck. go to the game. I had shows all week. Uh, Ooh, so which and you know the Astros Braves series starts on t- tomorrow night, Tuesday yeah. night. <laughs> to let you know how f- early, how last minute we record these podcasts. <laughs> yeah. um, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm going to be doing shows in Austin, Texas, with all the Astros fans. Oh no, I'm sure. So the first two games, I will be on my own behind enemy lines. Yeah, but uh, it'll be fine. I'll survive. Um, but I had some fun shows this week. I was kind of all over the place traveling. Um, I just got a text today. Um, I Congrats, did a show dude. last night. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's a big day. Huge. Got a text message, um, several words. I had a show in Florida last night, um, and it was at church. It was like volunteers appreciation night at this church. And the pastor texted me today, and he I just want to read it. He said, uh, thanks again for a wonderful evening. The feedback was amazing. Here's a new one for you. 
We had to remove one of the chairs from the auditorium afterwards because someone peed in their chair from laughing so much. Oh, you did it. So I'm done. I mean, that is, what could I do better than that? That's huge. I made somebody pee themselves. Yeah, well, I wouldn't, you don't know. People have a lot of medical issues. They may have been already going to pee that chair. No matter what was, it might have been worship music. We've all done that. Every time I go to Cracker Barrel and I sit in that rocking chair, it's like, I'm I'm, going to pee in this. Would it be weird if I asked for them to send me the cushion and then I framed it on the wall? Yeah. Like a trophy? No, yeah, that's really, really concerning. But it's such a big accomplishment for me that I want to... Maybe just tell the story like you're doing right now. Maybe just do that. I want something physical. I'm gonna ask him. Get gonna, that person's number. I, I want, I'm curious about what was the joke that broke them. I would like to know what joke it was. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's my big, uh, big accomplishment of the week. Just wanted to brag on Dude, myself. That's that's amazing. Congrats. Made somebody lose control of their bodily functions. That's fantastic. I love that for yeah. you. Um, I also want to say, hey, thanks for listening. I don't know if we say that enough. Yeah, I had like three or four people at the Braves game Saturday. Yeah, strangers. No say, way. Say that like, hey, like the podcast. I'm like, that is so neat. Wow. It's neat that so many people listen to it and we still don't get actually paying sponsors. That's just so cool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we could get paid or we could keep writing material yeah. like Mailbox Lizard. That's true. I honestly prefer. Yeah. If, if, if it's purple mattresses, am I going to call myself a pedophile and cry? Doubt it. I think purple mattresses might have might have a problem with if we did our <laughs> ad and then like did their serious yeah. ad. I'm a pedophile, but I love purple mattresses. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you what's great for people. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. Um, Well, um, this interview has nothing to do with any of the stuff we've talked about, which may be good news for some of you. Mm -hmm. Um, Voss is, as we mentioned, such a cool guy, good friend, um, jack of all trades, and truly uh, just a fascinating guy with some amazing stories. So, without any further ado, please enjoy our conversation with Voss Sanchez. Oh, we're going? Yeah, we're going. All right. <clears throat> Vas Sanchez, welcome to No Worries If Not. Yeah. What is up, my dudes? <laughs> Thank you for coming. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, you almost couldn't be here. I asked you last minute, and you said, uh, well, I'm probably supposed to do this wine tasting, but I will make time for you guys. Yeah. I, uh, I bumped the wine tasting. It's such a cool reason to not be able to do something. I have a wine tasting. No. Was that what was that for? Is that were you attending? Were you running it? A little bit of both. It's like a gathering of uh, a council of hive-minded, wine-minded people. Yeah, yeah. that uh, like to to gather in like a park or anywhere fun, and we just drink a bunch of nerdy wine. So yeah. that's that's fantastic. That's so cool. You have all the cool hobbies. I do. I feel like hobbies slash jobs a little bit. I, do. I never know. I love. We see each other like what. Three times a year, maybe. I don't know. It's it's sporadic. But every time, I'm always like, it's so good to see you. What do you do? Like, I never really know. There's always something new popping on Facebook. Like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know he did that. Just like, oh, he's in Cobra Kai. Oh, he's making the best ramen in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. Do you have a full-time job? Uh, full-time job is being a wine rep. So Cool. Um, and then, like, the... The sort of all the other jobs kind of play into that. So it's like I'm, I'm a wine rep to pay the bills, but then I'm an actor. I'm a comedian. Uh, that's why we see each other right. most, I think. And then um, kind of everything else. I just do the ramen pop up was a cool gig for a while. And then, yeah, like private wine dinners and whatever, whatever. 
Yeah, how do you so how do you feel about Tim Willard, our our formal, former Willard. wine guest, our sommelier, resident sommelier? Yep, Tim brought us just like red wine and white wine. You brought us yellow wine. <laughs> it's just piss wine. It, is, cool. it looks like urine. Um, Tim is an amazing human being, and uh, I'm super stoked that you guys crossed paths and that he was able to do the show because he's a wealth of wine knowledge. Awesome dude. Um, his wines were much more classic and kind of, and I mean, mine's interesting, but his was definitely um, a real straightforward shot for you guys with fun labels, which I thought was great. And mm-hmm. like, really, I was like jealous. So you guys got to taste some really good stuff. So I brought a really fun, funky wine called a pet nat, petalant natural. Uh, so he was talking about natural wine a little bit in there and that's kind of what I focus on is natural wine. So I was like, well, let me get him something that's like uber natural, which is really fun. Cause if you look at it, it has a little sheep farting on the label. Oh yeah, it <laughs> really is. Uh-huh. Look at there. Yeah. It's a sheep with a, a cowboy pipe. hat or is that a, is that a hat? It's like a, der- like a bowler or a derby. A mustache. Yeah, <laughs> derby hat, a mustache, a pipe and just blowing it's wind just, out his behind. Just tooting. Oh, and no. it looks like dehydrated urine. Yeah. And well, now I really want to drink. Let's try it. <laughs> it's the it tastes like thing. a fart. Get, well, no, um, it is essentially <laughs> the reason why it's like that is because it is a, it's sort of, again, really natural. And you guys can see there's, it's very foggy because uh, they leave all of it kind of in there. And Tim was talking about wine that um, can be, if you don't really know how to do it right, a natural wine can be really like flawed Mm -hmm. and gross. And so this is an example of, I think, wine that's done right... Pour some of it. Is it, it is bubbly? Oh, I hope everyone can hear that. ASMR. Let's yeah, get a little ASMR for you. Yeah, there we go. Here we go. Oh, oh. oh cheers! Wow. <laughs> Not your first rodeo. Thank well, I'm still a little concerned about this label. Like, so it's natural wine, and they have the cow tooting because they just get a bottle, put it up to the back of a cow, and like, what comes out comes out. No, no. Um, well, then they age it. Natural. Yeah, <laughs> natural because it. essentially, um, what what we what sort of flaws that we tend to see in something like this is a sense of barnyardiness. Uh, again, we talked, you guys talked a lot about really silly words yeah, to yeah, describe yeah. wine and barnyard is definitely one of them. Um, which, I think of like manure. Is yeah, that what that means? Sure. It has like this sense of like when you walk on a barn or in a barn or in a farm or anywhere, you get that sense of like, these are wild animals and this is the stuff they eat. And yeah. They definitely have to go to the bathroom out here. So yeah, things are being processed. Right. And so yeah. the wine itself is sort of like pet nuts are sort of like kimchi. They're, they're fermenting in the bottle and they don't, they don't, it's not as gentle or finesse as a process. It's very like raw and kind of crazy so all of the stuff that would naturally kind of be or not naturally but normally sort of be filtered out or taken away the tim was talking about zero zero wine so nothing added nothing taken this is zero zero so i thought it'd be kind of fun to bring you guys a zero zero wine and see what you thought it's 100 percent chardonnay from uh, a little all right little village outside of chablis so we'll see what you know i've heard that word before cheers Timothy Chablis. Timothy Chablis in in dune in theaters no Timothy Chablis. yeah (laughs) It's definitely funky. <laughs> That's good. That's so good. Tastes way better so, than it looks. Better than Tim's for sure. Man, Tim. <laughs> just kidding. Lose, lose our number, Tim. What's interesting about these wines is like if you're a sour beer drinker or any any kind of like, it's a bridge to me. It's been like a bridge for, for beer drinkers to get into wine. Yeah. It's a little more interesting. Um, and again, it, it tracks with all the new natural wine 
There's very little sulfites. We talked. He talked about sulfites. There's little little bugs, right? No, the sulfites are the added sulfur. The bugs are the uh, phylloxera. Which sulfites uh, mate okay, inside there. the bottle, and that's where you get the barnyard. Yeah, sorry, Tim. I swear we listened when you were here, but I, <laughs> yeah, a lot of times passed. We don't. Yeah. It was quite a while ago. It was a long time. No. I just I just listened to it again. So uh, you know, if you guys listeners did not know, I'm a huge fan of these guys. So it's a big honor to be on the show. Wow. I'm a big fan. Listen to all the apps. Love it. Love it. I appreciate that. I think most people like listen for 10 minutes on the way over here because like, what am I, what am I getting myself into? But you like actually listen. Oh, I listen. I love it. I was like literally like Googling, um, now I forget his name, unfortunately, but the ring, the ring, your ring. Oh, Fred. Fred. Yeah. Fred. That guy was so cool. He's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. We got to have Fred back. You see, I hope we've, he's gotten some business from us. Because we so. gave out his phone number. Yeah, well, what, I mean, he just needs one for it to pay off. And that's right. yeah. substantial. Yeah, for yeah, him to cover sales. his gas here. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. no, that was gonna... a really interesting episode. There was a lot of cool information on that episode. Well, yeah. we appreciate you listening. It's yeah. fun. Because I remember I saw you at a show a few months ago, your show, at um, what brewery is it? Uh, so you, would you do? Second, Second Self. Self. Second yeah. Self. Yeah, yeah. so fun. Um, and you were like talking to me about the podcast. I was like, oh, it's fun when like my comedian friends are like, oh, man. think what we're doing is cool. I'm a big fan. Love it. And Vass is an amazing comedian. I don't remember. When was the first time we met? Do you remember? I met you both at, um, at Dark Horse Tavern where you, where you <laughs> can be. <laughs> um, I forget, I kind of forget why. I remember, I think it was just chance. Literally, like I used to go to Metalsome all the time. If you... Or around back in the day, I had a different name when I would go to Medelson because Vas Sanchez was tricky to say on a mic. So I just used to go by Lunchbox back in the day. <laughs> so throw, throw to in English Nick's episode. Uh, if, Nick, if you're listening, he knows me well as Lunchbox. Um, we're, we go way back. That's awesome. That's such a good nickname. <laughs> yeah. It is. Is there a story behind it or is it uh, just yeah. my, seem good? My good buddy, uh, Jonathan French, great local author, badass dude. Um, he, back in the day we kind of Jay and silent bobbed it all the time. Like he was very like, we, we used to watch all that stuff all the time. So when we go out, he used to call me lunchbox just cause like I was the silent Bob to his Jay and Jake calls Bob's uh, lunchbox. So he did that one time and we, we had signed up for this karaoke. <laughs> oh, it feels like a billion years ago. It was in underground Atlanta and it was all really awesome nineties country music. And so we signed up for that and we signed up as he's, his name was Mr. Joe fix it. Cause he's a big, uh, Hulk fan, Marvel Hulk. Okay. And my name was Lunchbox McGraw. So we just left it. <laughs> Lunchbox McGraw. Lunchbox McGraw and Joe Fixit where it was like our little jokey yeah. thing. And then I, I kept it even when I used to do, again, we're, if we're going to do Jack of All Trades and Master of None, back when I was a um, stagehand in Atlanta, going by Voss backstage was really tough because a lot of the riggers and a lot of the crew guys would be like, yo, boss, yeah, talking boss. to their boss. Mm-hmm. And it would always like, Confuse me. And then if someone said Voss, a billion bosses would look up and be like, who, what, what, what do we need? Yeah, what yeah. Do we need? yeah so they're, just, they're asking for water, really yeah. nice water. <laughs> Where's the boss water? Yeah, like, that's what? the same thing. Like, if you're a guy that wears leather, you Voss just call is, everyone boss, mm-hmm. you know? You're right. You might say bro or dude, but if you're a leather guy, you're, what's up, boss? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, that's a problem. That, that's a much cooler name. I was really hoping it was, uh, you just did karaoke for the first time and accidentally brought your tin He-Man lunchbox. Man. They just called you that, that forever. So cool. I came straight from school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had to bring my lunchbox on stage to the to the best bar in Atlanta. It fell yeah, open. All my awesome. fruit roll ups fell out. <laughs> Those are my gushers, man. I used to I used to love. I, that's and I think that's the first time we met was because I was there randomly and I had come upstairs and you guys were sitting at the bar and I was like, oh, I, I know, I know, I knew you guys. I remember seeing you comedy stuff. We were like friends. 
And so we were just chatting. I feel like there was, oh, Dulcie Sloan was there. Oh, yeah. Dulcie Sloan was there. That's why. And she sort of introduced me to you guys. And like, I was like, I remember oh, okay, that. got it, got it. Faces, got it. Cool. And that was it. Cool. Yeah, that's Yeah, I mean, we met there, that's, or around there. That's where, yeah. that's how comedy well, is. You're like, I've seen you, you're great. And then we just become friends. Yeah, most comedians were all Facebook friends before we meet in person. Because yeah, right. it's just like, it's, the algorithm just says like, you guys seem to have the same <laughs> dysfunctional <laughs> hobby. And you have like, like 38 mutual friends that you're like, I've seen that guy too. I don't yeah, know. I've that seen person. that name on an open mic list. <laughs> right, I think, yeah. I don't know which one they were. It's always fun when you see that. You're like, oh, that's Aaron Tuning. <laughs> yeah. You got, yeah. Um, so you were working behind the scenes on film stuff in Atlanta for a while. Is that what you were saying? No, I was. I was a. I was working behind the scenes on um, concerts, and concerts shows and, stuff. and stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. So I worked at like what what is now State Farm Arena, right? Yeah, was Phillips Arena back then? Uh, what was Verizon Wireless Amphitheater? I don't know who owns that now. Is it Lakewood? Or is it Encore, Encore Park. Oh, okay. I know it's Encore Park yeah. up there. Yeah, all that Lakewood is still Lakewood, I think. And I worked at that. I worked at all those venues. So any anywhere there was a show between like 2008 to like 2015. Yeah, I was always I was doing shows. You got any good diva band artist stories? Man. Those are my favorite. Oh, buddy, do I? I've got great ones. I burn, really do. Let's burn some people. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, well, let's let's do a sandwich. Let's do good, bad, good. Okay. Okay. So good. Um, Bruce Springsteen playing Phillips Arena. Great show. Massive show. The boss rocking it out. That's awesome. And during Born in the USA, mm-hmm. there's like these two pylons that are at the very front of the stage. One of them collapsed and the stage started to like slope and he wasn't going to move. He was doing his like Born in the USA, pumping the fist in yeah. the air, stomping on the stage. So they sent me and like five other stagehands under the stage to hold it no. for the remainder of the show. That's terrifying. Like Samson. And I could feel his uh, foot, you know, hitting my palm. I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> I could feel it. And then afterwards, um, we were all under the stage, like that's sort of like a backstage monitor mixing area. Mm-hmm. We were all under there. And he made it a point to stop and shake all of our hands and like eye contact, like, thank you very much, boss. Thank you. Very-. He like thanked everyone because he was like, if you guys weren't there, then we'd have had to like stop the show, fix the stage and it just would have killed the energy. So he's like, I really, really appreciate that. And I was like, you didn't have to, you, you, you could have just walked on backstage yeah. and been like, I didn't yeah. even know that happened. But he totally was like, you guys are great. Thank you so much for all your hard work. I was like. That's a boss moment. Yeah. For sure. That's like, that so, cool. so cool. That is great to hear. He was the nicest person. Um, and uh, he has that vibe too. That's, oh that's sometimes you hear it and you're like, I would have never thought that. Or you just ruined, you know, you hear that and you're like, okay, it's exactly he, what I gem. thought. Yeah. Super nice guy. He did step on your hand. He did but, a lot, but yeah. that's okay. That's okay. That's what I, I was being paid to do that. <laughs> um, let's see. Bad. Uh, Mariah Carey was rough. Also exactly <laughs> what I did. <laughs> you should just say the name. We should guess if it was good or bad. <laughs> oh, that's true. I've, yeah. I have like, I've worked with so many shows. Um, but she my, was like, her stage was fine. And she's like, can I just step on you? Cause I she, want to. Man. Get under the stage in case it collapses. Yeah. She had the, the best thing about Mariah at the time. And I'm sure if, if, if ever, if ever this gets to her ear, she'll deny it left and right. But she um, she had to have this like uh, green room that was like all pink. Everything had to be pink. There was a certain amount of thread. That is like thread count to the sheets that she had to have on this giant California king bed. Okay. And there's the a king crazy, bed in the green room? In the green room. And the crazy thing was on the writer, it, it was like she had to have three different individual pink stuffed animals and no two could be alike. So she had to have these three, <laughs> 300 stuffed animals. Um, and then she had the best part, guys, is she had these two. Wait, pink, how many stuffed animals did you 300. Oh, 300. I heard three. 300. 
And none could be the same? And no two could be the same. You had to have three. She, you think she counted them? Probably not. I'm sure there was like 18 on the bed. doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> 299, I will not be singing Butterfly. Yeah, exactly. But the best part was Atlanta was so hot that she, so Miss Carrie has to be kept at a certain <laughs> Ms. temperature. Miss yeah. Carrie. It's not a good be, nickname. <laughs> you have to be kept at a certain temperature. So she could not go below like 68 and she could not go above like 72. So she has people following her with portable like ac units that are on wheels and that was like the coolest thing i ever saw oh she at any given time no matter what room she's in she can't fall below that too too warm it's gonna mess up her vocals too too cold it's gonna mess up her vocals so she has to stay in this like wow perfect zone okay so that one if if, if that's true then there is some like science behind it semi reason yeah i would say probably not that extreme it's probably not that extreme but like i guess if she had a bad show it's like yeah i was 73 for a second (laughs) and and then two people lost their jobs if that happened you know if she couldn't get like the yeah (laughs) if she couldn't get sweet emotions that really awesome pitchy riff like that's really yeah yeah, she needs 300 good. stuffed animals to bury the people that failed her under. <laughs> but she was like, that was like one of those moments where I was like, wow. And like she, um, there's like this sort of tunnel that's backstage between sort of the green room area and the stage area. You had and to dig it for her. We had to worse. We had to stand in it. It was like a hundred, a crew of like 150. It was a very big show. And we're all standing lined up on the tunnel. Cause that's kind of where we all hang out until it's our time to get on stage and do something. And as she's crossing her guards, her people are like miss carrie's coming down the hall and she does not want to be looked at everybody turn your turn and face the wall if you look at her you, you will be asked to leave and i was like okay don't look upon her you know and like we all had to like nose to the wall like we were like kids and two guys on the crew like did one of the little turn your head to the shoulder Whoop, she caught them and they went home and i was oh like oh my god wow that was crazy so there was that, and last one I'll do one That's more like good one. Evil witch behavior. That's <laughs> insane. It was it was crazy. It's and like a insane. Disney villain. <laughs> yeah, Cruella vibes. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like I'm a fan. I love Mariah Carey's music, and and I think her interviews are always fun. And she's a beautiful woman. But like, that was one of those moments where you're like, mm, there's definitely a keeping it keeping people at a length. You know? Yeah. Does she did she sing Christmas music at her concert? No, no matter what time of year it is, she won't do that song. <laughs> She didn't yeah. do it that time anyway. Okay. Um, but the last, the last one, the one that was like really, really cool to me that I'll never forget was, um, was Tina Turner and we were at, uh, the arena and they have a stage mechanism on the front of the stage. That's basically a basket that sort of swings out on a mechanical arm over the entire arena. And then it comes back to center and it was initially used on the bridges to Babylon tour for the Rolling Stones. So she got it. She picked up. I think Michael Jackson actually used it too. We can all remember the video of him like going out and like the fan climbing. The, yeah, the fan. He's, he's hugging him while right. still performing. Yeah. So it's that. It's like this giant mechanical sort of platform that it's goes It's like a out. cool version of what the guys who go up to work on power lines. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and it's, right. it's like really crazy. And so like the point of it is like you, you need to be standing in the basket when they activate it. And then it takes you out over the audience. Well, she had stumbled and missed a cue and it, once they hit the activation, it does like one series of movements. It goes out, it swings back, it comes back and then it lands. She missed it. So this empty basket then is now going over to the audience. Well, it does stop out in the center for like a four minute moment. Now it has a catwalk on it. That's probably about two feet, three feet wide, maybe with with railings or no, no, no. This thing has like no railings. (laughs) It has like, if it does, it's like maybe knee high at best this thing. And so you imagine this is like the the steepness of this going all the way up to to the sort of central, 
you know, the, the atomic center of what is the, you know, sphere of the arena. Yeah, you know what I mean? A height with bad consequences. Horrible consequences. She is in stilettos. Like, she is in these stilettos. And she's like, nope, didn't care. There are probably like 10, 20-something-year-old backup dancers who are like completely winded after this incredible dance number they just did. She at the time was 70 um, or 71, somewhere in there. She was not winded, not even a little bit. She just went all the way up this thing, like hot stepping like she does, all the way up. Her um, stage manager was on headphones with us, and he is freaking out. Oh, sure. He is <laughs> screaming, and he ended up fainting because he was. He just thought he, 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 fainted? he fainted. He was just like screaming, Dana, 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 and then he just, he just passed out. Um, she gets all the way out to the basket is the song Nutbush, which was great. She does the entire length of the song. The basket comes back. She comes back. I was in monitor world for that. So like right off the corner of the stage, she comes off the stage, walks over to me near me and takes a towel and is toweling off while they do this like sort of little vamping music thing. And uh, she was like, how did that look, baby? Did it look good? She like looking at me and talking to me. And I was like, you know, I numb. I was like, what? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yeah, exactly. It I looked was like, good. Uh, 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 you know, and she was like, what? like, she's looking at me and I was like, it was incredible. Uh, Miss Turner. She was like, oh, call me Tina. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and wow. then she was like, and she's toweling off and she's like, no, what now? What is your name? You know, and I was like, lunch, <clears throat> Voss. <laughs> I was like, Voss. And she was like, now that's a really cool name. And then like, I told her my whole name and all this stuff. And she was just like, well, that's a really beautiful name. I hope we run into each other again, Voss. And like, she just walked off the stage. And I was like, Tina Turner, like just spoke to me. Like it just melted yeah. my brain. Like I was like, Tina Turner, this is a legend, legend. So it was, I mean, so Springsteen, but like, I don't know. Tina Turner just felt that much bigger than Springsteen if you yeah. can sort of imagine well so she had just done this crazy thing and then walked up to you like you met her at a dinner party and it's just like so unfazed by the, the most casual way to talk to someone of that scope after doing exactly what she did I was like this is insanity you are a legend for a reason like unbelievable that's so cool so cool that's so cool yeah i mean that's an experience that how are you, after that you're just like well i guess i just had the best experience of my life already yep, I was yeah done. I try not to go too hard on celebrities because I know that it's just a outrageous experience. Um, especially like there, you hear stories like this person was at dinner and they they were a jerk. You just don't know the situation. Right? Yeah, people exactly. people are so like unaware around celebrities. So whenever I hear something happened at a dinner, I'm just like, well, there's another side of this exactly. Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then if if it's like their job, they were at work. These are people that are helping put on the show. It's just insane not to smile at someone. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They're, they're, it was, it's incredible the the amount of folks that I've met doing those jobs back in Atlanta was such a is, is still such a great hub for great music and great live shows. And so, getting to meet a lot of frontmen and lead singers and all that stuff. And they're they're the best part is there are a lot more good stories than bad. Like a lot more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of good people out there. So I can't wait to go home and eat all my Mariah Carey CDs into the woods. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna take you a while. It will. You got a lot. I got them all. Got yeah. Em all. I'm gonna be furious all Christmas. Yeah. I'm I'm team Nick Cannon now. Yeah. <laughs> um, well Vaz, I remember when I especially when I was first starting comedy and I knew about you, I was just like, Oh, that's the guy that does all the cool acting stuff. Like he's because you do, you've been in some really cool stuff. As an actor, uh, yeah, I try. <laughs> um, most recently, the thing that we all watched you in was Cobra Kai. Yeah, which is so funny. I was rewatching one of your scenes today, <laughs> the one that's on your reel where they're because uh, you play what a convenience store guy. Yep. 
and you get to tell <laughs> Johnny from Karate Kid that he has a small wang. Small wang. <laughs> that's, Tiny that, wang. That's the word they use in the show. It's a great word. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. I was watching it with Anna, and at first you say it in Spanish, and she laughed, but I didn't know what you said yet. <laughs> and so he's like, what'd you say? And then you said it in English. Yeah, and then I tell him I speak English. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, that was a, a real blast to be on. We just got greenlit for some more, so keep your eyes peeled for more Cobra Kai. Um, the writers, all the guys behind Cobra Kai, man, are it's cool to work with those guys because they're fans of that source material. It's not just like a hobby or something that they were like thing. It's just these guys literally poured in a lot of this fan that's cool love and knowledge and created this sort of crazy fun post subplot of this hilarious old school trilogy that. The, the way they paint it, I mean, you've watched it. The way they paint it is so funny how they kind of they kind of throw back to the '80s and how there was so much ridiculous like stuff that like you kind of can't say now and can't do now and is definitely like frowned upon in places. And so they kind of nod to some of that where it's like this is so ridiculous that these guys were painted as heroes. <laughs> yeah, it is so funny because the Johnny character is so still in that world and he'll say stuff and people will just be like, "You cannot yeah. operate this no. way." <laughs> but also like the absurdity of those fight scenes with the kid, like the kids in the school, mm-hmm. just like hitting each other so hard that many of them would surely die. Definitely. And then it, everybody just being fine at the end. And it is such a like lost thing in, in movies where that would just kind of be normal to see. Right. But, Back in the day, a school fight could break out and it could be like intense martial arts fight. People getting thrown <laughs> off balconies. Right. No black like, eyes, no broken arms. Just like, well, whatever, man, I don't like you. Oh, teacher's yeah, yeah. coming. Everybody scatter. Yeah. Everybody scatter. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it, and those kids, I tell you, while working with Ralph Macchio and, and uh, uh, Bill Zabka was incredible. Those kids are all some of the most talented people, the most talented people. They were so cool on set. They were all like best buddies. Like they all hung out and they were really good to each other, which was really nice. Like yeah. they just were really good to each other and they all looked out for each other. There's a couple that were like really first time to, to being on set and the pros were just like, Oh, don't worry about this and do that and do this. It was just killer to watch. Like I was like, man, you guys are the future. <laughs> like you guys yeah. are the way we want movies to be. We want sets to be this kind of cohesive place where everybody can still be creative and have a really good time and really feel the characters. And they, those kids are awesome. So they're, that's the best thing I can say for those guys. Those guys are incredible. I have a uh, confession. <clears throat> I've never seen the karate kid. Oh, wow. The m- original, much less Cobra Kai. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've seen clips you posted. That's They're fair. great. That's fair. Yeah. I've, I never, mean, I've never seen any of them. I don't know if, if watching Cobra Kai will hold up without watching the karate kid. I mean, the jokes won't land. So you'll you'll miss to, a yeah, lot exactly. of jokes. Yeah. I mean, I think it would hold up, but sure. you would miss a lot of what makes us love yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And but, I, I did you do karate growing up? I did for a couple no, years. You did, Dude. you you did karate. I did karate, karate. and didn't watch Karate Kid. Yeah, I watched Three Ninjas, which ah. is the alternate universe version of that. I don't know. It's really good. Yeah, and I I was bad at it. I did it for two years. It was just like pretty much daycare. What did you do? What style? Yeah, Aaron, white, what style? White kids. <laughs> I don't. This this dude. I don't. He's probably in jail I did now. Two p.m. to three p.m. style. <laughs> this dude. He was, uh, you know, just a southern white dude that had a, a dojo, um, and he would do the same once in a while. I think he just hated kids, but he would like line us against the wall and throw tennis balls at us, and we had to dodge him. And it was my favorite thing. I just uh-huh. walk in, I'm like, God, I hope this guy just throws tennis balls at me. <laughs> that's all. That's all I wanted to do. I love that. That's the idea of karate. It's like this is self defense. All right, like dodge ball. Wait, dodge ball? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I just did this at school. <clears throat> that's yeah. great. Do you have any pictures of you from karate? Uh, award season or anything? Sure, I do. Award season. Mom, text me. I know she's listening. Send them to me. Yeah, we'll post Please some pictures of Aaron in his karate outfit. What belt were you, bro? 
uh, white. It was, so, it was all white. I don't know Everything what the was first white. Belt is. Did you learn anything you about bro? karate from bro. doing the show class? <laughs> well, oddly enough, or did you already have? I, a he knows. Wealth of I can tell you right now, he's a martial artist. <laughs> I'm not a martial. I wish I had finished it, but I. So okay, was, so you started it when I was a kid. <laughs> I started taking Shorin Ru, uh, Okinawan style karate because of the Karate Kid. Because I loved oh. the movie so much, I had to find a style that was based out of Okinawa. I didn't want to just take regular karate. I wanted to take like real Okinawan oh, you said stuff. It's so cool, too. <laughs> you know he knows karate. how to kill us now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I took that style and I had the 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 Miyagi Do Lotus Blossom bandana. Yeah. I had all the stuff. Aaron has no and, idea what that is. Uh, no, I, know. I know what I can. It's red with the white and the flower. Yeah, it's blue. But either way. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying so hard. Um, but I took that and then I, I got all the way up to like green or brown like it was so long ago but i ended up meeting the grandmaster who's japanese he and i have the same birthday which was like really lucky and it mm-hmm. was really cool and i loved that and i ended up talking to uh ralph macchio about it on set and he was like oh that's amazing and i was like you're you're kind of the reason i did two things in my life man i did karate because of karate kid and i play harmonica because of the movie crossroads and he was like yeah that's so cool oh, so like it, you know i was like you you influenced me a lot man <laughs> crazy yeah man wow are you are y'all like boys now you know, we can't text each other yet. We're not there. But uh, yeah. when he sees me, he's very nice. And That's it's, awesome. It's a lot of handshakes and eye contact again, which is really cool. Keeping it really human and fun. At the rap party, he and my wife like buddied up talking for like hours. Like a cool way, not in a threatening yeah, way. Yeah, not in a threatening right. way. No, 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 no. Just always like really talking close to Rob Machi. <laughs> she went home with him. And then, <laughs> yeah. No, they were just chatting about he's a lot karate of his, man now. His work. Sorry. And he and he's yeah he's great both of them Zabka and Machio both incredible human beings a yeah. lot of fun to work with those guys that's awesome what are I know you've been in some other big things last few years um, let's see on the same sort I know of... I know them <laughs> <laughs> well you tell me <laughs> what have I done uh, Better Call Saul I was uh-huh. in Better Call Saul very fun true. you had a scene of one or two one or more scenes with Bob Odenkirk one, one scene with one Bob scene. that is the one I remember oh man no, there's more Bob's incredible so cool is he good now. I, as far as I can he's tell, tweeting. You know, he's okay, tweeting. Okay, he's tweeting. Go, go, go. He's back up. I hadn't he's, heard. I knew he was like it was scary for a while, yeah. and then he was like, his yeah, son was like, he's good. He's like, good. all right. As far as like, as far he's as back. anybody knows, yeah, publicly, right, good, good, he's good. fine. But yeah, he was an incredible person to work with. And uh, well, it, was the scene just with him, or was there? It was in it was in a bus, and uh, so there was a lot of sort of a uh, couple of other uh, principal actors, and then a bunch of extras filling out the bus. He and I just had one solid interaction. Um, and my character's name is Bubba. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> pretty cool. Easy. Yeah. Um, but he was, he's one of those individuals. Like that was like a bucket list for me. Like I comedy, you know, like meeting Bob Odenkirk was like, wow. Like, and he stays in that character. So like the whole time, even during cuts and lunch breaks and stuff, he is that character the whole day. And it's like, oh, that's crazy. So cool. like, he just, he was like really, um, busting my chops because I kept checking my phone on set, which is really like not cool. You shouldn't, you probably shouldn't do that. But like he kept looking over and looking over and looking over. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I can, I can leave this in my trailer if I need to, whatever. And, uh, he was like, no, no, no. You just keep checking your phone. Like you're a teenager. Is everything okay? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Oh uh, yeah, no, it's fine. And he was like, I just want to make sure your aunt didn't die or something. And I was like, no. Um, I was like, I, I was in an episode of, um, uh, why can't I ever think of this show? MacGyver. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And the was, new one. The new one. Okay. The yeah. original one. I was you four. Were, <laughs> you were negative five years um, old. It was an episode of MacGyver, and it was airing that night. So I had people texting me like crazy and blowing my phone up, being mm. like, "I just watched you," and like sending me clips of the episode. And so 
Odenkirk in, in his very Odenkirk, keeping it in a character fashion, just kind of does this like, oh, you're in MacGyver? I was like, yeah. And he was like, real quiet. He's like, you proud of that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it was kind of, it's a network TV spot. So proud yeah. of it. And he goes, okay, okay. You know, <laughs> you know, show me the clip. And I was like, do you really want to see? And he was like, are you proud of it or not? And I was like, okay. So I show him the clip and it's, you know, whatever. And then after the clip is over, he goes, wow, you proud of that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I am proud of it. He goes, okay, okay. Well, then after we wrap for the day, he kind of like, as I'm leaving, I was like, I just wanted to say it was really nice working with you. You're, I'm a big fan. and Thank you very much for your time. You know, he goes, oh, hey, sorry about earlier, man. I, I stay in character like the whole time. And, you know, my character's kind of a jerk. And so I, 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 that's just kind of who I am. Great work on MacGyver. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. like, Thank you so much. It's funny that he asked to watch the video in character. In character. Yeah. Oh, it was such an in-character thing to do. Like the way he did it. I don't think Bob Odenkirk would have really cared about it. I mean, to be honest, like I know I kind of wouldn't if it was me but like i think saul jimmy the character would so yeah. like he just was leaning into that like this random guy on a bus wants to show me this video or whatever so he just like played into it and then later he was like i'm sorry that's just kind of part of my character to kind of bust chops so he, he's like sorry that he did that right. exactly. me, like, my jimmy's character. such a jerk yeah. <laughs> get out of jail pass you know so. uh, that's that's so fun for bit players extras whoever um to interact with the character that they know and love you know it's like seeing Tom Hanks and you meet him and you're like, oh, that's not Forrest Gump. But then what if you like meet Forrest Gump? <laughs> that's crazy. Forrest that's Gump so wanted to watch me and MacGyver. Yeah, say Jenny. And he's like, I, I love Jenny. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's real. It MacGyver just, is great. Yeah. <laughs> it would blow my mind. That would blow my Tom yeah. Hanks would be another one. If I met Tom, I don't think I could even like no. keep it together if I met Tom Hanks. That man is like another legend. I think I would literally fall to pieces. Yeah, yeah. He's um he's probably my number one. I mean, he's been in my li- my entire life. Like, he's been in my entire life yep. so far. I've known that man on TV for 30-plus years. You yeah. Know? I mean, like... Did you see the clip recently of um, the couple doing their wedding photos? And he's on a run and just walks up and puts his arms around them. As they're posing, he's like, how's it going? I'm Tom Hanks. That's exactly what he says. Oh, my God. And they're God. like, what? Oh, my God. It's the coolest thing in the world. I would have... That would have been it. I would have just been like, well, I mean, call it. We're good. I know. Life I got over. married today. I'm also yeah. going to die today. Exactly. Like, we should probably have a kid and then <laughs> leave a videotape yeah. of this story because we are going to ascend. Yeah. It is our, over. Our child will be named Tom Hanks, yeah. whatever our last name is. Yeah. <laughs> Hank Thomas. Yeah. He'll, he'll get it. Has he ever been a, like a bad guy in a movie? Could he? I don't think he can be. Has he ever been like a villain? Yeah, I'm sure he has. I mean, the closest thing I can think of is Catch Me If You Can, but he wasn't, can, like, but he wasn't the bad guy. That's really, kind of an answer. He was like oh, an anal uh, cop. Roads yeah. of Perdition, isn't he kind he's of? A a, hitman, he's a hitman, but he's, he's protecting his son. He's the good right. guy. Yeah, you don't like, dislike him. You can't dislike him. I know. All right, he's, Tom, he's Tom, been, Tom Hanks, here's the challenge a, for you. <laughs> Tom Hanks, be bad challenge. Be bad. But you know what's crazy? I bet he would take that challenge and absolutely destroy it. Yeah. He would literally be like, oh, the reason why. He was like, I declined the role of Sauron in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. (laughs) He'd uh, he'd be the most lovable Nazi of all time. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Gosh. Better than take everybody. TV. Everybody would just be like, "Ah, they had some good points." Yeah, like, they, they, <laughs> in Glorious Bastards, they take out Christoph Waltz and it's Tom Hanks. And you're like, yeah. "Whose mm-hmm. side am I She's on?" Like, I don't know no. who to root for. <laughs> I feel like it was egregious. <laughs> <laughs> he a, did. Uh, I just looked it up. He did The Circle. Not a great movie, but right. he was like the that's right evil tech CEO. Right, right, right. Emma Watson. It's fine. 
Okay. It's like know. Facebook kind of taken over. Yeah. But, yeah. It's probably why the movie didn't do well. We were just like, we're not buying this <laughs> yeah. at all. They just People walked the, out 10 minutes yeah. in. Take the trending down. Don't do Tom like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably it, I would say. I can't think of any. I can't think yeah, of Yeah, there's a Cloud Atlas, but I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah, I haven't a, seen that. She's not bad, bad. Right. Cloud Atlas, dude. I mean, that's a challenge to anyone out there. Go ahead and watch that and walk through that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Was it good or was it complicated and bad? Complicated and not bad, but like, you, you, it's like 12 different stories told by different perspectives over, over the expanse of time. So there's like past, present, future stuff, and it's and everybody's this the, a different sort of character, and it's just weird. It's a hey, wild was it ride. the Wachowskis? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know how they are. They, they're just, they're wild. Yeah. The, I don't know. The they're, new Matrix looks interesting, I think. It's going to be interesting. I haven't seen anything about it yet. Well, spoiler alert. It's there's a new one. A, yeah, there's a Matrix. It's just one out. Wachowski now, so I don't know. Right. Did they have fallen out? I don't know. Over Cloud Atlas and how bad it was? No. No. They both made plenty of money on all their, all their movies. I'm yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Um, I saw that you have something coming out with Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> I do. Uh, um, what is it? And... Tell us about it. Man, the Expendables nine. Yeah, I felt like an expendable at this point. I've worked with like, you know, um, yeah, having worked with Dolph, uh, having worked with like Ralph Macchio, um, I feel like you know, I just I need like Jacques Claude Van Damme, Steven Seagal, like I need one of those, and I'll be I feel really good. I feel really like a true expendable at some point. But yeah, Dolph, (laughs) Dolph was um, he did this movie called Castle Falls, and we shot it in Birmingham, and it was a lot of fun. It was really cool. I <clears throat> I played a character named George, uh, who who finds himself in a really bad situation, in between sort of um, a, a desperate man needing money for a, his wife's treatment, and some bad guys that need that money back because he stole it. And I kind of get caught up in the crosshairs. So I'm like an innocent bystander. Like literal crosshairs? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, if it's Dolph, there's guns involved. There were guns on set. It's actually a pretty pe- topic. peaceful movie, actually, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. It's a real he transition into Dolph yeah. melodrama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he was, he was, Dolph is a lot of fun to work with. Uh, brilliant guy. Honestly, he's like Mensa level, smart, super smart guy. Whoa. Um, but he's, yeah, he's a trip. He's very chill and soft spoken and, you know, just his directing is just real mellow. You know, he does like this very, you know, Dolph has like that voice and he'll just be like, let's go ahead and you're going to, you're going to take about three steps away from camera for me. That's great. You're going to stay right there. We're going to take the shot from there. Let's go ahead and do it wide. Are we doing it wide, Dave? Okay. We're going to do it tight. You're going to come on back. <laughs> just a lot of like. Dolph, man, being Dolph, and yeah, he, would, he cool. like Dolph was, being Dolph. And he was What's like better than this? Dolph being Dolph. Like he would riff, <laughs> riff on the fact that he was, you know, the big Igor, like the Rocky villain. You know, he plays like, plays it up. He kept doing it, like he'd kick if he, something. If he does, he, he does. does. Yeah. He does. Well, people kept doing that on set all the time. I'm sure. Like people would be like, if he falls out of that window, and you know, people would be like, well, if he dies, he dies. Yeah. <laughs> and Dolph's like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that's like people calling me AA Ron. AA Ron. I guess I'll just lean into it. I guess like, I can't escape it. I'm never gonna get out of that one. Yeah. You know? But yeah, Dolph, he a great dude, and yeah, we like I said, filmed that in Birmingham. A lot of fun. Um, it was the first time I've ever died on camera. Um, Spoiler. Yeah, wow. give us details. Was it a uh, soft death or a no? It's pretty violent. Hard um, death. Yeah, it's crazy. You didn't fade out and have last no, words or anything. It's crazy what ends up. I'll tell you the the funny story about that whole thing was that like we had it was the first time that I ever had done anything with like 
like blood, like fake blood or whatever. And so they were like, well, we want it to be a really like a gory scene. He's going to hit you with the gun and you're going to take one of these like crazy shots to the face and like, all this blood's going to come out of your mouth. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. Well, the way it was set up, the bad guy and the bad girl were set off of like my stage left, if you will. Okay. And they shouldn't have been standing there. <laughs> we're in the height of COVID. We're in the middle of COVID. And I have a mouthful of water and like peppermint flavored blood. <laughs> and they do that and do you know, let's just try and get this in one take. You're gonna hit, you're gonna hit, and then you're just gonna blah. And I do it. And when I do, I mean I release everything that's in my mouth. And I had like a full mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I cover them. I cover them in candy blood and my own spit in the height of COVID in the top of COVID. I have never felt worse in my life. Did they know it was coming? Uh, I mean, I thought I bit. felt like they should have. Cause like, it was like, this is where I'm going. Like I can't yeah. fake where my trajectory is. I can't like go straight up in the air with it. That's weird. <laughs> you know? So like, but they were just standing there like, you know, in their characters, like, yeah, hit them bang. And then they just get, <laughs> yeah. Blood. And I was like, uh, I mean, I was mortified. I was like, I'm so sorry. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And they were both like, Oh, it's okay. And I was so, awkwardly like that was so gross, gross. <laughs> well, at least they were bad guys yeah they were bad guys yeah they deserved it bad guy and bad girl, guy and girl. Yeah. Bad guys. Yeah. yeah that was a wild bad people it was a wild um wild time you know gun, guns on set right now is a hot topic obviously yeah and so yeah. gosh that's you know that has a lot to do with what's going on with the Yahtzee and all that stuff with the strike and it's just yeah tell us about that because obviously I've read the things people have been posting yeah. and but I don't I'm not in that world that's about as much as I know except you know just what the 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 union is essentially you know wanting to be paid what they are worth which I agree with and I stand with and this um, is all the non-actor yeah this is crew people on set right mm-hmm. this is crew so crew has its own union. And then, you know, uh, SAG is the actors and mm-hmm. the Writers Guild and all that stuff. But they deserve more. I mean, they work so hard. They work the longest hours. They work their fingers to the bone. And they really deserve a lot more than what they get. And so, you know, there was a lot going on with the, the strike possibilities and la, la, la. Which, I guess, as we continue, as this story develops, this is all just sort of speculative right now as it's sort of, well, not speculative, but there's just stuff coming out here and there as the story begins to clarify. Yeah. But there was, it seemed like um, the union on that set had le- had left. They walked off. This is the set with um, Alec Baldwin? Alec, Alec Baldwin, Baldwin where the gun yeah. got fired and, yes, um, and killed someone and, and injured another and person. Yes, the cinematographer. I mean, it's, it's incredibly talented people. And you just never think of these accidents. It's so absolutely crazy. And it, it shook me to the core um, just because this is one of those things where, I mean, I think as human beings, we all accept our responsibility driving vehicles and little things like that, where it's just like, Hey, this could hurt someone, myself, whatever. So I'm cautious and I'm careful. And we take all the steps, we buckle up, we're careful to, to the best of our ability. And you, you know, no one ever thinks that today will be the day that something awful like that happens, but, and especially not in this world where there are so many levels of caution that to have this happen was like it, it beyond, I don't even have the word, but it's beyond an oversight. This is far beyond yep. irresponsible, far beyond negligent. It's unbelievable. And, um, yeah, evidently, you know, he had a live round in that gun and was handed that gun and was told the gun was a cold gun, which, and the scary part is the same guy that handed him that gun is the same guy that handed me the guns on the set of no way. Same person, same prop master, same he was the second AD. Okay, um, okay. There was an article wow. released about him and I found out and I was like, oh my God, like, this is it's just nuts. Jeez. And so like, it was just like, oh man, the, the amount of work that these guys are being 
put through and not given the time needed to break and recoup and get rest and things like that. And what we end up seeing here is a misstep, a mishap. And that's why it's so important to give these guys the kind of time that is needed. They need the shift rotations. They need the better hours. They need the better pay. If they're going to be there for 12, 13, 14 plus hours, that's exhaustive work, you know? And in the end of the day, again, I, I don't know how in the world a live round made it on set. I, I seriously have no idea how this could have happened. Um, cause it goes through several channels, you know, an armorer is who's in charge of all the weaponry, especially if they're going to be, uh, true firearms that fire true ballistics. And even if they are true fire alarms that are going to, uh, fire true ballistics, they use blanks, you know, but blanks have wadding in them and wadding can still give a projectile flare. Yeah. And if there's anything, that's what happened to Brandon Lee. If there's anything in the barrel, it can still fire as a ballistic. So, you know, we have to be intensely careful. So there's the armorer, there's a prop master, there's a second AD. There are three, at least at the very minimum, three people that handle that firearm that weapon whatever it may be before it is given to an actor and then told that it is a completely safe prop to use and that it that it missed three people like that like it just oh, i don't know what's going to come out but my heart goes out to that family uh to the cinematographer to the to the folks that were injured and especially to alec as well like he doesn't have the world's greatest most shining reputation but like that's a human being that had to witness that that actually yeah and i just hope yeah. he, that was not his responsibility no i just all. hope he can recover I, and his is the name in all the articles oh and he God, knows everybody's associating it's, it with him it's and, terrible and i again you know i don't know that man but i i, I got a feel in my heart of hearts that this was absolutely an accident and of course he had nothing no ill will or want to do that but going through that day to day knowing that that happened. I mean, it's just going to shake him to his core, you know? And I just, man, my heart goes out to everyone on that set. That's so incredibly difficult to, to witness across the board. Like I just can't imagine being at work one day going on set and that happened. I would just, I would have like intense PTS about ever going on a set again. Yeah, for sure. Like, oof. yeah, I guess the, the super small, if there is any silver lining is that it was someone like Alec Baldwin with a big name. You know, if that happened in like a smaller project, it might have not not gotten the press, and it seems like there's actual sure, that's change true. that could come. That's true. True. I had not kind of seen that silver lining to it, and I, that's a really good good kind of perspective to it. Is that it is so important that we start kind of addressing this because it's it's one of those things where as as we're progressing in the digital age, it's sort of an unnecessary thing to have real working firearms. You know. I think obviously the mechanism can work and, and it can look like it's going to fire, but like we just don't need the explosive. We don't need the ballistic. Absolutely. There's CGI can do that can so do that. easily yeah. now. It, I mean, it, that's what everyone's saying. It's like, Hey, there's absolutely zero yeah. reason. I just don't, my, my theory is like, what if, what if like a company like, I don't know, Smith and Wesson, Remington, somebody makes guns. Could they not? And again, I'm just spitballing here. I don't know anything about this. The logistics of this could be an absolute nightmare, but could you not make a, a gun that's like Smith and Wesson does, prop guns and they are exactly like real guns except that the the chamber for the bullet is by circumference too small for a real bullet to fit into but all everything else works mechanisms work everything right. but there is no manufactured bullet that can actually fit the gun so you never honestly have to worry no blank no nothing yeah. you cannot fit anything in that gun you know because by length that doesn't really matter there's the bullet length can change people can shave bullets down you could probably put a different ballistic in there but if it's not cylindrically correct you can't fit a bullet in there that I don't, you know, to me, I'm like, square big round hole. Yeah, exactly. Square. Yeah. Can we do that? Yeah. Can we do that? There's no square bullets. You can't put a square bullet in there. So, so let's make square bullets. You know what I mean? Just for, just for onset. They have no, you cannot fire a square bullet. Like the, the mathematics for ballistics won't work. So I don't know. I'm getting on a, on a whole yeah, other yeah. <laughs> 
tangent. No, it's wild. <clears throat> and I, that movie will never come out, right? There's no chance they finish that movie. Like, what is the... I mean, I don't... You may not know of all the behind-the-scenes stuff, but... Like, I mean, that, I, could, I could also see that, you know, she's... The cinematographer, like, she she's so good and up-and-coming and so passionate. I could see them being like... In honor. She, she, she loved this In project. Yeah. Like, finish it, make it great for her. I don't know. True. And I also, mean, everyone will go see it. Everybody's going to see it. Yeah. But, I mean, it's definitely, you know... I, I would hope that the project does get completed and it, they do do that for her. And for the director and, and, you know, the vision of the project, I would love to see it completed. And I hope that it doesn't get, I mean, it's going to be so besmirched across the whole industry at this point, you know, but I think as, as performers and, and everyone, we all have to kind of band together and just remember that like, you know, we can't, we can't keep allowing these things to happen. Like yeah. we've, we've just got, there's got to be newer, bigger, better precautions set in place so that we don't endanger people's lives like that at all. It just should, it just shouldn't even cross people's minds. Like it, it shouldn't, there should be no reason for a, a live round of live ballistic, a live firearm. There just shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I mean, again, I just, man, my heart aches cause it's just like, Oh, that's horrible. And for the, the time on set that I've been on set where there've been guns pointed at me and I've trusted, I've trusted from, from that gun leaving the armor to all the way to the person who's pointing it near me, at me, around me, I trust. I'm just like, yeah, of course, somebody did their job correctly today, and I have no chance of getting hurt. This is totally okay, you know? Yeah. And I just, oh, I just can't believe that, like, everyone was thinking that that day. Everybody, yeah. you know? Yeah. Whew. I remember growing up, we watched the movie Ben-Hur, the yeah, original great one. Movie. Amazing Charles movie. And I remember my dad just being like, yeah, in this chariot scene, that actor died. Yeah. Like, it's just crazy to think, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, a dangerous job, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, obviously, the thing that happened this week was not a thing that should have been dangerous, but there are times in movies where it's, like, the stuntmen, like, we've had our friend on here, the stuntman before, Luke, 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 and uh, she's like, yeah, it's a pretty intense, it's intense, like, every part of it is an intense experience. It's incredible. It's incredible. What little tiny slivers of stunt stuff that's been taught to me i'm like why you guys do that like take mm-hmm. after take after take after take and again on on castle falls um connor lyons who is a uh, a comedian in atlanta now he was also in the movie with me and he has a, we have a scene where he kicks me like really it, it's a really hardcore kick <laughs> to the chest you know he's a bad guy and um what's great is like connor's like the sweetest sweetest dude ever and so it's like he could, he could playing this role was so great but they taught him how to do this like stunt kick to make it really look like it hurt and I was like, man, even, I mean, it didn't hurt, but like doing it maybe 10 times in a row, my abs were sore yeah. and I was tired. <laughs> and I was like, these guys are doing like Pratt falls and like jumping off of trucks and stuff. And I was like, what the what? Like, yeah. stunt work is a whole like, wow, so much respect. Yeah. Then right. apparently they go home and make a bunch of TikToks doing even crazier <laughs> stuff. Absolute freaks. They're deranged. Yeah, they yeah. are. They're like pain freaks. They're like, I wonder if I could break my hand, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, and they also write novels. Oh, they nice. Do. Luke brought Heck, us his yeah. novel that he wrote. You picked it up. You got to pronounce the title. Nice. His novel, Luke Deal, Obsidianus. Yeah, I, dang, I think you nailed it. Wow. I really didn't think you would. Obsidianus. Black top to say. Believe that. Oh. Uh, <laughs> wow. That's cool. I'll have to check that book out. Yeah. What um, Do you have some projects coming up that you're really excited about? I do. That um, you can talk about? One I can't. Say much. Um, I will say just keep your eye on Disney Plus and it'll happen. And then Frozen Three. Yep, you Finally. know. Finally. <laughs> Finally. They wanted some Bubba emerges. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole different snowman. Um <laughs> no. Mm. Um, yeah, so keep your eyes peeled there and then um yeah, just I keep auditioning for a bunch of stuff. I'm actually um 
not at liberty to talk about, but I am flying to New Orleans tomorrow. Love that. I'm doing a little thing down there. And then when I am able to, to say what it is, I'll, I'll tell you guys. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, like it, it's a lot of fun in this, this business as it grows in the Southeast. Like there's just so much, really, there's so much work. There's so much cool stuff. And like the space where we shot your music uh, video here. And like, I had no idea that space existed. It's so cool. Yeah. Studio space Atlanta. Yeah. And That's then we like, shoot a lot over there, man, I, there are so many cool things. And now that I've seen those different sets, I'll see something and I'm like, that looks like, and you find out it was shot. There. Absolutely. And I was like, man, that's so cool. It's a really, really cool space. Yeah. And, and just to zoom out, Atlanta being a production hub, now huge. all the time you see a skyline, you yeah. see, and you're like, that is down the street. I love yeah, when they're right. like, you know, it's like another rough day in Chicago. You're like, yeah. nope, nope. <laughs> that's Buckhead. Yeah. That is Dunwoody. Actually. I uh, love that. I love that stuff. That's yeah. Have you fun. done anything at Trillith Studios? I have, I have done. Isn't some that work place at nuts? It is, and it's amazing. It's amazing what we've accomplished now in the Southeast Market. Um, that was my like bucket list thing to get on and to, to get down there, and so. It's truly, I mean, the scope is unreal. So many sound stages. Yeah, so what is that projects. for people who don't know, like me? Trillist Studios um, is the largest, one of our, one of the largest areas for sound stages in the Southeast. So it's like the, it's the sort of beginning of what would be the, and I hate using this term, but it's why everybody knows it, the Hollywood of the South. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's a massive studio complex with, I gotta say, upwards of thirty sound stages or more, and massive hangers. You know, For sure. they shoot they're, everything there. They're like hangers. They're mm-hmm. enormous. They're yeah, I bet yeah. Dollywood is so mad that people started calling <laughs> Atlanta the Hollywood of the South. <laughs> that was our whole slogan. That was our whole thing. That's all we had. It was so clever. <laughs> yeah, no, it uh, it's really it is a really cool a really cool complex down there to see it and like everything they're developing down there is, is just, and they're building, I think 17 more sound stages like this Goodness. year. I don't have it's 17 crazy. anything. So, I mean, it's just growing like crazy. So and they exciting. do like a lot of the Marvel stuff I know is mm-hmm. shot there. Yep. And we did a tour and they showed us like one of the sound stages was all outfitted with like this, like puppet animatronic cartoon mm-hmm. type stuff. And you walk through and it's like, this is insane. I didn't know that's how they made this. And then they take it to the other one. And it's like, this is where Thor fights and stuff. And it's just like, it's all here in Fayetteville, Georgia. It's crazy. <laughs> so much. It is. It's wild. They're building a community. They built like a medical center yep. and they're building all this housing for yep. people that are in it's the industry to, to live there. Yeah. And, they want it to be really sustainable. Just like fly you there. You're there. Yeah. Um, and they did all that sort of in the same idea that that's kind of what Tyler Perry was doing for his studio. Um, just because COVID made it so hard for everyone to kind of come and go. So it was just easier if you, if you could just be right here and quote unquote quarantine here We'll test you here. We'll find out how you're doing here. And then once you're good and clear and clean, you can go on set, do your thing. And it's easier if, if you can, there's the trace, the contact tracing so much easier. If you just know everyone was here, everyone came here, everyone that's on set tested negative, yeah. everybody's good. So we're all in this little closed bubble and there's no fear, you know, and uh, a lot of studios are mimicking that model and just making a really sustainable place. But it's also not just because of COVID, but I think it's a really good idea. It's like really great to just be like, I'm going to fly you right here and you're going to basically stay on, on set. So like you don't have to worry about the, you know, transpo from the hotel mm-hmm. or anything. It's just like, Oh, boop, there you are. Right it's here. a little gotcha. city that has everything you need. Yeah. They have like a little like half home Depot yeah. there. that like they just everything. has things that that industry would need. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's great. Yeah. I think it's really, really cool. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Briefly, what what else? <laughs> yeah, are we missing any parts Stand of your life? Acting wine, uh, cook. Do you cook anymore? I don't cook anymore. Okay. But the pop up is. We're not, talking about food, not, not in a Breaking Bad way. No, no. Right. Um, <laughs> not I, I've I've tossed around the idea of bringing the ramen pop up back. Um, 
and that's uh, everybody loves ramen ATL. That was my thing. Classic. Um, yeah, and I, you know, a lot of people still talk about it. So I've thought you know, I'll, I'll bring that back at some point. Ramen never never really lost its luster, so it could be a fun one to to bring back. But ultimately, um, yeah. Send nudes. Am I right? N O O D, dude. N O O D. N O O D. Nice. Get it. Love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, nailed it, dude. I wanted to call it that, like hot nudes, and then I was like, I just feel like this is gonna bring a lot of drama and trouble. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna leave it alone. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I love cooking. I still very much enjoy cooking and, uh, collaborating with any of my friends. There is a ton of incredible pop-ups, incredible restaurants for everyone to, to check out in Atlanta right now. And there's so much cool food happening right now. Yeah. So I just, I encourage anyone, if it's a pop-up, just go check it out, like check it out, give it some love, tag everything you can on Instagram and hashtag it and all that cool stuff. Cause it just helps them out so much, but I don't know. I'm I might come back with something cool. We'll see. All right. I'll mess with it. Sweet. Yeah. Well, I was a bad friend. I didn't have any of it last time, so I'm really hoping you bring it back. I, I will. When was that? Was that before we were friends? It may, it may have been. It was, yeah. a, it was a while back. And, okay. But, um, you know, and it still stands. Uh, Atlanta Comedy really is the, the, the group that came together the most. Comics, as we all know, have like n- no money. And they all came and supported me. So I was like, okay, uh, 50% off for comedians forever. Yeah. Like in my book, like right. you're going to come to my pop-up and you're an Atlanta comic 50% off, man. Like yeah. you don't, there's no money. Like nobody has any money and right. they're coming out and paying for ramen and hanging out on a night when they could be at a show or, or a open mic or something and giving what little they've got. And I was like, Rodney showed up, Rodney, who's a, a yeah. staple here in Atlanta. He showed up with like 13 people one night and I was That's like, awesome. dude, I was like, y'all are never going to pay for this ever again. Like ever, ever, ever again. So yeah. it stands no matter what, no matter how big you get, you're a comedian, you come to my pop-up, you pay 50%. That's it. So for those listening, if, if Voss starts his pop-up again and you guys show up, just tell him you're a comedian. Yeah, tell, yeah. Tell, tell me you're a comedian. Yeah, yeah. and thanks for coming to Andrew's uh, four-level townhome. <laughs> yeah, I'll pay, I'll, I'll pay full price now that you've been here. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah, I've actually never had ramen, so... <laughs> Oh, that's that could be a whole nother episode. I'll come and bring a bunch of weird, cool food, and we can all taste oh, it. So people would yeah. love to listen to us eat ramen eat. noodles. <laughs> just smack it's just the a mic. weird yeah. mukbang episode. <laughs> love it. Gross. Uh, uh, well, how can people stay connected with you? See what you're doing next. Yeah. And also, we didn't talk about it very much, but fantastic stand-up comedian. You oh, guys should go you. see Boz's stand-up shows. Yeah. What are, What are the shows that you run regularly? Um, I do, let's see, I have a show at the last Friday of every month at Second Self Brewery. This is all in Atlanta, um, sorry. Yeah, they're all in Atlanta. Bam, and if you're not here. All you, all of you out of Atlanta fans. Um, this the We're not going to do, we're going to do one more for Halloween, and then we'll do December 3rd, which will be the first Friday, just because all the other last Fridays are right after Christmas and right after Thanksgiving, yeah. so probably not going to do those. Um, and then we'll pick it back up, most likely when it warms up. Uh, and then also at Elsewhere Brewery, which is the second Monday of every month. Um, and we just, yeah, I keep, I try and keep it as, as diverse and fun as possible. All my shows are free and I will always submit a Venmo and cash app code for everyone to tip the comics and that's how they get paid. I don't charge tickets. I just want people to have a good time. So love that's it. it. Yeah, man. Love it. Love it. And mm-hmm. your social media, uh, at the Voss Sanchez, uh, there are underscores in there. So it's at the underscore Voss underscore Sanchez underscore. Uh, that's like my personal one. And then if you go to, uh, Voss Sanchez actor dot actor. That's my actor uh, Instagram. Ooh, you can follow me there. Dot actor. Cool. They're getting fancy. With yeah. That. Getting all the cool know. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that page out there, too. Dot actor. Got to keep, yeah. keep my fans in arm's length a little bit. Right, yeah, you right, got to right. keep your fans they're in getting, their own groups. They're getting real. 
they get real Cobra Kai fans are very voracious. Oh, I'm sure. They love their they love their Cobra Kai. Are you going to conventions? <laughs> Not yet, but I'm I can't I imagine. Like, I'm like oh, one dude. season away yeah, at this point. Yeah, yeah. The amount of fans that I the amount of DMs I get and the amount of headshots and stuff I'm signing and sending out, like I'm sure. One one fan and he was on set, he was like an extra, I think. Um he created these playing cards for every single character and, and he like released a deck every season. Wow. And it was like the coolest like like baseball like cards like had little facts and like stats. I was like, yeah. bro, this is the coolest thing ever. I bought one from. Him. I was like, man, it's epic. It's so cool. Like I was like, you can't. You have to keep creating these. these That's are great. awesome. They're gonna be like Yu Gi Ohs or whatever. Like let's do it. So much fun. Sued immediately. Yeah. <laughs> he's actually ruined. So. And I canceled him. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's done. Uh, that's amazing. Very cool. We'll stay connected. You listen. You know the last question. What's your uh, email sign My off? My sign off. Oh man, um, I you know. I used to sign off with with gratitude, and I was like, "Man, that's so lofty. That's just it so is. much." I was like, Man. "That's like a Hallmark card." It is. It's just like what a what a like. That's Hallmark card when someone it's yeah someone dies. Yeah, almost. you're like, oh, no, with, with gratitude. It sounds like you're thankful they died. Um, you know what I mean? So I stopped doing with gratitude, and now I just sign off with thanks and like an exclamation point though. That's so me. Yeah, I'm always that. like, "Hey, thanks." <laughs> At least like, you didn't overcorrect and go without gratitude. <laughs> without gratitude. With absolutely none gratitude. <laughs> Middle gratitude. I hope you're whelmed by this email. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, without any gratitude whatsoever, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> thanks, dude. With gratitude. And thanks, guys. everybody, for listening. Have a great week. Bye. No worries if not.